You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is an ongoing analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, Mechagodzilla returns in the Millennium Series' only true sequel, and Mothra joins in on the fun. It's 2003's Godzilla, Tokyo S.O.S. everybody and welcome uh, to another edition of the Bondzilla podcast. I am Nick. I'm Will. You and caught me in the middle of a ginger ale right there. Sorry. Well, you, you cued me in. I did. Yeah. So that's on me. That's all, yeah. It's yeah, all your no, fault. That's uh, my fault. Yeah. We do have another episode for you here. Uh, a new Godzilla themed episode. Yes. Uh, ready to uh, begin. The fifth entry in the Millennium series. We're, we're approaching, we're quickly approaching the end of the yeah. uh, Millennium series. Uh, yeah. It's got this one and another one uh, to go. Yeah, this one, th- this one felt like, well, it was, it was interesting because in a way, it's, it really has flied by. Flown by? Yeah. Fleed by? No. Oh. It's flown, <laughs> flown by. It, it really has flown by. And, but in a way, when, when I watched this the film that we're talking about today. Yeah, I don't know whether it's just because of just things going on else, uh, like with other things, or the amazing conversations we've been having with uh, some of the other films. It almost felt like there had been like a good break between watching this film and watching the last film. And I yeah. think maybe that's because like maybe this is our first direct sequel in a while, yes. so there's a little bit of like you know we're not hopping into like another yeah, reboot. I mean, I think that is really the thing is that. This was this is already saying this is a nice refresher in terms of, you know, every other movie where it's like, well, okay, well now we're kind of starting over. Is this one you're already kind of familiar with the world, so it feels a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. But then at the same time, and I think this goes to show with the Millennium series, like I felt that like because we're approaching the end of, yes. of this era of mm-hmm. Godzilla filmmaking, um, but I felt like that when we got to like five films into the Hasey series, like I felt there was a little bit more, and maybe this goes back into the continuity thing that we had kind of lived with that yeah. series for a little while. Whereas I feel like now that we're approaching the end, we're just kind of like, no. oh, it, oh, it, I mean, we're I almost through these. Like we're getting our thoughts on the Millennium series early, but you're you're very right because like you get into Godzilla two thousand. And, you know, it's like, okay, like, we're coming off of 98, and that was a disaster, so we're, like, doing the thing. And then, you know, right, Magigiris yeah. is like, okay, well, we're doing the thing again. And then, <laughs> and then GMK is, like, so radically different right. in so many ways. And it's just like, yeah, it's, just, it's kind of like you're, you're kind of, like, groundhog daying it. You just keep starting over. Right, because I, I would say that probably n- none of the films – Really, besides maybe the last one, has like really stuck with us in yeah. any way. If I may speak for the the two of us, um, you know, I think a lot of people would consider GMK being that, but you know, we have our thoughts on GMK. Whereas, you know, um, against Mechagodzilla is probably the first one of these films in this era that we have thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, oh, it's, um, a, it's landed. So, I think just outside my top five. So that so that's like what's most interesting about you know going going through this era. But um, with this film. Uh, we have, as I said, our fifth film in the in the yeah. series. With um, I always have to make sure I'm right about that because we've had 2000 Megagirus, yeah, yeah. uh, GMK. It's our fifth film, uh, but our first direct sequel and our within, only really direct sequel. Yeah, of the because I know Final Wars is 
its own thing too. Yeah. So. Uh, so our only direct sequel of uh, this era, yes. which is very interesting. Indeed. And of course, we're talking a direct sequel to the previous film, which was 2002's Godzilla against Mechagodzilla as we lead. Which is a banger of a film, if you, if just again to reiterate. Yeah, yeah. Look, look that up. Banger. It's a banger. It's a banger of a film. Uh, and that leads us into this movie, 2003's, uh, directed by returning director Masaki Tezuka, Godzilla, Tokyo. S-O-S. Which is also a heck of a title. Uh, which is also more of a heck of a title in its uh, original Japanese title, which is Godzilla. Uh, and then what was it? Because uh, you, you gave me you gave me crap about this last time. Is it Cross? Or yes, how, how do you cross. say it? Okay, so Godzilla, Cross, Mothra, Cross, Mechagodzilla, Tokyo S-O-S. Ooh, they, did, they did the double cross. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big bill. You yeah. know, it's a lot of... Because that's like the big thing. It's like now Mothra is entering the fray. Yeah, like that. That that's the kind of yeah, thing. Double cross. Um. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Not a lot of double crossing happening in here. The the allegiances are pretty well well established <laughs> yes. as we get it get into the movie. Yeah. Um. But yes. So um. Let's uh let us hop into this. Nick, I know you were excited because you are a Mecha Godzilla stan, so yes. this must have been nice that you didn't have to wait that much longer. No. For I mean, a Mecha Godzilla, you know. It's not like we've gotten Mecha Godzilla recently, so I got to take it all. Right, yeah, yeah. It's funny because now we're back in the period where, and again, as we've said many times, if any, if history has shown anything, we are overdue for a new Mecha Godzilla. We're, we're leading into down. a Mech. I mean, they've mentioned it too many times. Yeah. To like not do another Mecha Godzilla project. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like, because it's like, well, because then you have like the real nerds being like, well, actually, uh, there was the anime series Mecha Godzilla, which is, uh, spoiler alert, not really a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, from that's, the, the, the the anime series has already sparked so much debate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which is like one of those, like, I can't wait to get into that. But we must stay the course onto this yeah, film, Godzilla. Tokyo SOS, which, by the way, and especially if you get the original Cross uh, Mothra, Cross Mechagodzilla, just makes one hell. It's not only a banger of a title, but one banger of a uh, of a title of a title card. Yeah, (laughs) again, overlaid by the American title. A little bit better this time. A little bit better because it's 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 more easily seen in the background. It kind of fits a little bit. It matches they like the style, how they stylize the the O in the SOS. They keep that, but with the with the moth symbol. But the animation and everything as it comes on is just uh, just love it. Um. So anyway, let's get into this film. So we are coming right after um against Mechagodzilla, which. Came out the previous year and succeeded in being the second highest grossing film in the Millennium Saga. So naturally, Toho decided to abandon the previous mandate of no continuity within the Millennium Era and to continue on with a direct sequel with Tezuka back on board uh, as director. So not too much went into making uh, the... the into so the making was it always like immediately like after the success they were immediately like yes direct sequel was there any well well there, there's a little bit of stories about how they went about making the, the yeah. sequel they knew that they wanted to make a sequel right. they knew so it wasn't like 
there wasn't like the previous ones like okay we're gonna we're doing off this one but it's another re you know another reboot they're basically like we like the success right have, like, yeah you know maybe ideas Let's just- well i mean it may like if you look at it it makes a little bit of sense like before they've been doing the whole like each one is its own standalone story uh the one that's probably been the most successful is gmk but that's a real like uh, contained thing. Yeah, like, that, that whole the movie, reinvention yeah. of the characters is so specific, and the ending is so enormous. Like with like the obliteration of Godzilla, that it's a little bit harder to justify. Like, let's right, do a sequel with, to this one, even though it has the beating heart. Yeah, tease. yeah, yeah. But you know, and that's kind of no, like no, a no, classic I know, I know tease. What, yeah, I know what you mean. and then and then of course the way that against Mechagodzilla ends with uh, it, like it, it's basically a stalemate. Yeah, it's kind of how it ends. Is that like yes, like. Mechagodzilla wins the day, and and you know our, our heroes win the day, but Godzilla clearly survives. Right, so, like it very much was like ends on a stalemate. Right, so it's one of those things where it just naturally leans itself to like, well, this movie was very successful. Let's do yeah. the sequel to yeah. to that one. So so according to Tezuka himself, who by the way I have more information on him as a director that I think is going to be fun. But getting into this movie, uh, Toho had actually commissioned four different scripts for him to choose from, which he he actually revealed was a common practice in several other Godzilla films up until that point where there was a, you know, they would bring in writers and they'd be like, all right, here are some ideas that we have for scripts or for Godzilla films. Which one of these do you want to like basically make? I remember we've talked about that previous, uh, behind the scenes right yeah and i mean some of the commission scripts in the past will probably be like returning godzilla directors anyway but it's just more of like here are some ideas which one do you want to do um uh tezuka had um actually held back on uh any of, of all the ideas that he that toho had thrown at him and actually went back home and overnight wrote his own pitch for a Godzilla sequel uh, to uh, against Mechagodzilla and uh, presented that to Toho, and Toho agreed to it, and that is the movie that we ended up seeing, more or less. Um, but this kind of brings me into talking about Tezuka himself, because we didn't really get to talk about him as much um, as a director in uh, the previous film. But when I looked up him, there's some interviews with him, he seems like a pretty awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he talked a little bit about in this interview um, where, and it's several interviews about how when he was asked to return back to direct uh, Godzilla, he was absolutely ecstatic about it like Mm -hmm. he was like obviously he was very excited to do the first one and then when he was asked back he actually had to feign his excitement a little bit he actually didn't want to seem too eager Eager, but it was one of those things like he got the call and then immediately in his head he's like yes and then but like in reality he's like oh yeah no like uh like you know what do you want to do like let me think about it a little bit like my people will talk to your yeah exactly very quickly but they will talk to you but uh he had actually yeah but he was uh really on board to do it and that led to him talking a little bit more about like where his passion in doing the Godzilla project because he was like a Godzilla super fan uh, and his history with Godzilla actually goes back to him originally seeing uh, the original King Kong versus Godzilla which is his big inspiration for Godzilla movies and the thing that had captured his imagination about the movie so much was that in his words it made the kids wide-eyed and it made the adults laugh and he had... uh, basically um, related the tone of the entire movie to almost a variety show mm. uh, type deal where it like uh, people of all ages got some sort of enjoyment out of it. And yeah. while he did say on the surface that, yeah, probably if we're talking about overall like, you know, acting and the quality of the human drama, it is a little bit weird and it's a little bit odd. But uh, m- 
ultimately it had led him to as his main inspiration for making movies and then ultimately like uh his go-to for making a godzilla movie that he wanted to make a movie that was more or less like that that was just pure fun and you know had some like offbeat stuff in it um so that that was kind of like his big inspiration for going in into making uh, this new one so and he talked a little bit about the process of working with Toho, which he seemed very excited about. But the one thing he did talk about was these four rejected scripts. There were the four scripts that he rejected. And his ultimate kind of uh, view of them from what he would say is that he just found them all to be really just kind of uninspired and boring and... Um, he actually, while he didn't give too much detail about it, he did reference that they were more in line with Space Godzilla than anything else. Uh, in that, Man, he is a super fan. Yeah, especially where he, he just felt like, he said a script would be like, oh, Godzilla is sleeping on an island, and then Mothra shows up, and it like had nothing really to do. The sense that I got from the interview, and while he hasn't openly said this, was that the ideas that Toho presented him weren't like, making use of the fact that this was like a like a sequel to the film that he had just made yeah and that he was more interested in continuing on the characters and the themes that he had set up in the previous film right um, while also delivering on hopefully some new fun stuff uh, as well um so uh so he so he's back he has his new idea that uh he's he's pitched to toho uh, which makes sense when you see where the movie is. The movie, at least, I would say, thematically continues on. Yeah, it, it's yeah. very much like a sequel that's on the same path at that first one was starting on. Mm-hmm. So one of the new elements uh, was to continue, um, disp- uh, other than like moving on from like the thematic elements, but it was to continue the hinted Toho continuity of the previous films that you had so... Uh, excitedly mentioned in the previous film. Yeah, because in the previous movie, it establishes that the 54 Godzilla, the original Mothra movie, and War of the Gargantuans all happened within this continuity. So uh, this movie does double down on the Mothra aspect because we get... uh, Right. Which I have not seen the original Mothra film, uh, but there are a lot of references to that original Mothra film, which right. I, I assume it's original. Yeah, so so the biggest thing was obviously given the uh, the title's namesake is that the biggest introduction or reintroduction is Mothra uh, coming back, making her second appearance in the Millennium Era. Um, very much in, well, I mean, kind of like not a drastically different role. Mothra's yeah. kind of always like, oh, good, good giant bug. Um, but uh, so Mothra is back. Tezuka felt that uh, Mothra just offered an opportunity to not only do something, do a character that was familiar, but to organically uh, um, jump off of all the themes that he had been setting up in the first movie. And um, ultimately, her role in this film is that she's a guardian monster who is essentially threatening uh, humanity to return the bones in which they use to create Mecha Godzilla because uh, using uh, said skeleton is a uh, sinful desecration of the natural order of the world and uh, and that's a big no-no for Mothra and you know she she wants it back and uh, or otherwise there will be hell to pay and um, so that bring that is what brings her to this film but as you said not only is Mothra brought into the into the proceedings but also her movie is very much canonized within yeah. the context of this film. They had mentioned it, like we said, in Against uh, Mecha Godzilla, but in this film, it is full on like part of the plot, down to the very characters 
in the in the film and um so uh tezuka makes the and this is so yes you are right this is the original 1961 film that throughout tokyo sos constantly refers back to all these events from that original uh honda directed 1961 mothra film and that includes uh cutting back to footage uh little plot details everything as far as this movie's concerned that movie is canon uh but that leads to the biggest uh, addition to this film is one of our new characters uh was a character who was the lead character in mothra uh shinichi uh yeah shinichi chujo did I get it? Yes, yeah, Chujo. Yeah, it's a it's it's a hard Chujo. That's a that's a hard well, it's one. Cujo, but with a C H. Yeah, but Chujo. So it's not Cujo. It's Chujo. But yeah, what I'm just saying, like Shinichi just... Chujo. There you go. But uh, he was play and who is also portrayed by the original actor. I th- I was hoping that was the case. The, the original like, actor from the 1961 that very, film. That's very cool. Hiroshi Kozumi. Um, and he's even introduced in this film the same way that he's introduced in that original Mothra film. Uh, when the camera goes to him, the the kid comes into the room and he has like a book in front of his face, and then he and then he like pulls the book down and reveals himself. That's the same way that he's introduced in the original sixty one because they haven't been shy in the millennium era of using reusing the original actors mm-hmm. from those those older Godzilla films. But I had assumed um, that that was the case. Uh, I couldn't a hundred percent know, but that is that is awesome to hear. So yeah, definitely. I mean, so, and just bringing back like the original actor from sixty one, it does give it that even deeper connection to its uh, uh, roots, yeah, as it were. So not only that, but uh, they uh, Tezuka brought back many elements from the uh, from the Mothra film and you know Mothra lore, including, including your favorite. The Shobijin fairies who retained their original names after being renamed the Cosmos in the in the Heisei era, yeah. but the Shobijin fairies Shobijin. do return uh, in in this film. And actually, fun fact about the Shobijin fairies in this film: that while the names are not specifically said in the film, scripted, they this is the first time that they have individual names within yeah. in this. Well, that was the other thing. I mean, I was going to mention this: is that like, is this the first time that the two Shobijin just talk to each other? Because uh, I've always thought that they've always been like in sync, always. But this is the like they have a couple scenes where they actually like discuss things with each other. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a little bit of um, you know, I think in 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 some ways this is the most they've been given the most like agency. Yes. Like they they don't they the movie right. never gets into the whole like oh they're being captured by yeah. somebody or like you know they're they're in distress. They're they're basically like true fairies in, in this one. Yeah. Now in, in this film they but it got, they return as the fairies, but it's it's said that they are relatives of the fairies from the original 1961. Right. We don't have the original actors yeah <laughs> with the, the peanuts yeah right 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 um, uh, but, but that, that kind of flipped me out for a second when they just started talking to each other because i'm so used to them just talking in sync and right on one but that's the fact that they were like there's two like, yeah but that but, but they still but it, that still kind of like relates to like they're still talking over each other so yeah. they still kind of have a way for them to, to mm-hmm. chat with each other but, but uh, um, you know me the, if the showbijin are in the movie yeah that, that elevates we're, to, so this to uh, another level already we, we should say this uh due to the scheduling stuff this was like uh one of the few times that we had to watch yeah. the movie separately i think it's only been this one and the living daylights i think are the only two we've had to watch separately are those the only two? It, it hasn't been many. Like, it's been those two, I yeah. believe. That's it. So, but like, how stoked were you when uh, these when these guys showed up? I was, 
I heard the voices. Because did you know Mothra was going to be? No, be actually, in this? I did yeah, not. Okay, I did right. not know yeah. um, Mothra was going to be in this movie. So when I heard heard the voices, yeah, um, I was very much like, yes. <laughs> well, because like you know, it's like again, the Shobujin are an element that's easy to ignore. You know, like right. GMK doesn't doesn't put them in there. Right. You know, like uh, our our recent King of the Monsters just kind of maybe kind of has a little reference to the right. The right. That they it, exist. It's a more adapted version yeah. of how it works. But it's just that like the Shobujin are is just one of those elements, you know, um, where like I don't I would never want them to truly Joker. It, you know what I mean? <laughs> or is this like, you know, have something about the Shobajin in there. Enough said. You know? Enough said. Uh, I just need them. I need them every once in a while. Mana and Hio are the names of the uh, Shobajin in, in, in this film, um, which, once again, is the first time they are given individual names, yeah. uh, but not spoken uh, mm-hmm. in the film. Um, so that is like bringing in all of like the, the new Mothra lore into the proceedings. Um, and then while the focus in this film would more so be on new characters, there were some returning characters from the previous film, uh, including a brief appearance by Yumiko Shaku as Akane, uh, who was our lead character in the previous film and Akira Nakao as the prime minister who, uh, definitely still gets some meat to chew on in in the, in this movie. He still is very prime minister. Yes, definitely. Like if there. Honestly, like you know how they're just some perfect people to just play like he's a prime a perfect, minister. He, no, he's he's exactly <laughs> like just the gravitas you need for his right. like you know when he when he's making these decisions, it's like that's the guy you want as the prime. Here's minister. Here's the thing: if this was an American film, you would want that guy to be played by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. It's just basically yeah, I mean, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so that is kind of like all the elements that are story-wise and human-wise in this new film. So let's talk about the monsters a little bit and the, what this movie offers in terms of monsters. Now, while the movie does not introduce any new monsters, it's mostly our returning creatures from the previous film and Mothra, who we all very much know and love, um, there are some notable monster-related Easter eggs in this film. Yeah. Uh, the big one um, comes in the form of a creature known as Camo... Ah. Camoebus. Which is like basically just a giant turtle. Yeah. Like that's basically what it is. It's a giant turtle, and it's a giant turtle that is from the 1970 Ashiro Honda Toho film Space Amoeba. <laughs> One of many of Honda's uh kaiju films mm. uh back in back in the day. Back in his heyday. Yeah. And actually, um, there is some lip service paid in that one scene when they find the Camoebus. Uh, there is some lip service to the characters within that film. Like, they say, like, oh, this was discovered by Dr. Mia. And, like, you know, they like that. This is, this is just proving that, like, you know, we've debated, like, whether it's better to have, like, a fan directing the movie, like, a franchise, or right. if it's, like, someone new. Uh-huh. This is just kind of the fun that you have when you have someone who's, like, yeah. known. This is, like, this is what you and me, like, making a Godzilla <laughs> movie would be like. Where we, we'd have to put in a random, like, you know, a Megalon shout-out or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah. why not? Especially, like, to obscure... you got this history. Yeah, yeah, obscure characters like that. Like, you're like, oh, I heard that, like, a, a Dr. Emmy was working on spa- time travel for, yeah. like, the, like <laughs> something like that. Like, yeah. um, so, um, but, yeah, so they're... Clearly, Tezuka is, like, um, going mm-hmm. into uh, some deep cuts for this one. But there is actually a story that led to Kamoebus actually appearing in the movie, and it actually led to... It was a bit of a debate that ultimately resulted in it being included in the film. So we should say right up front that the um, 
the amount that it is in the film is very minimal. It just it basically shows up dead. That's yeah. that's the thing. It shows up as a uh, fed upon corpse, discarded uh, corpse that the, washed up on the shore. Theory that they present is that it's a victim of Godzilla. Yeah, it's to foreshadow Godzilla about to come into yeah. and to destroy things. Um, now, originally, it was supposed to be a mosasaur or some sort of prehistoric creature, just random, like, dinosaur that was going to wash up on her. No biggie, just a throwaway kind of creature. Yeah. Um, everybody involved thought that just kind of randomly using a dinosaur was, like, a little boring, like, didn't right. really make any sense, wasn't fun, like... You know, we get that it's a monster universe, but just like now there's dinosaurs like eh, like there, there's something more we can do with that. Um, another idea that they had was that there was some consideration that the washed up corpse would be none other than Angiris. Um, and Toho ultimately backed off on that because uh, they felt that that would ultimately be a disservice to the fans. Yes. Yeah, I would say. That's a, probably the best decision because just like Angiris has already been screwed over. Like in, it is in, funny in, in, over... in trying to appear in yeah. these like in the movie since the Showa era because like literally he got his ass kicked in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and had not has not appeared since. Yeah, he, and, he like, literally he, got his jaw ripped open. Yeah, in that he they film. basically like like it basically like they killed him off there. That's You're like right. the brutal like killing off of a character unnecessarily. But it was also like you just like. And every time it seems like he's going to have an appearance, just, you know, oh, you're going to get replaced with uh, Baragon. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, no, that's not true. He wasn't He wasn't replaced by Baragon. He just got the shaft. Yeah. And, like, Baragon was always part of the proceedings. Baragon's like, hey, hey, wait a minute. I earned my place in that movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Ghidorah's a little bit more important than you, Angiris. Get the, get the hell out of here. But that that is funny. But you you are so right that, like, it, uh, Angiris's fate has just been one of just always wait, getting like, short. I still think, like, you could But then also, but in the weird way, like, Toho realizing... But no, Toho having the self-awareness of being like, well, putting him in in this way would be a mistake. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when you try to say, it's like, it's like when you're like over, it's like, you, you know how like you're applying for jobs and then they're like, we just think you're too qualified for this job. You're yeah. overqualified for the job. And then yeah. Angiris is like, well, I mean, if I'm overqualified, dude, I need the work. Like, I'll just do it. Like, <laughs> Make a cameo, get them, get them in my head, get yeah. them in the people's head again. We all miss you, Angiris. I'm sure you'll be appearing very. I shortly. do agree that like that would have been kind of like a like a too much of a throwaway no, it, it thing. too much. It would too much. Yeah, yeah. I it, mean, Angiris is still like again, Angiris is like the main like one of the main kaiju monsters, the only one that really hasn't had a chance to be reinvented and to just kind of you know plop him in. And here, I I think my thing would be if he had appeared in like like G, like a GMK or he had appeared recently, I right. think it would have felt a little bit different about it. Sure, sure. But it's really the fact that he has not appeared since the original Mechagodzilla. You know, having that gap of what now, like twenty, thirty years or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just kind of like. Yeah, you you need to give him something more than that. Well, Camoebus was ultimately chosen because and, and, and Camoebus is yeah. the perfect type of monster. It's obscure for this enough. It's, it's in obs- the Katoho canon. It's, obs- it's obscure enough. It's enough of like an inside kind of joke or like an inside reference where someone can point it out, be cool, but no one really cares enough about right. it to exactly. get upset that it's yeah presented. In this and it way. is funny, like rewatching the movie, it was funny, like like because there were little details about this movie that I didn't remember, but there is like a solid like. 
like they spent not a lot of time on it, but there's a few lines where they like they really, could, yeah, they talk yeah. about like the history of it, yeah, like, yeah, the it, discovery and like what it, what it is, and yeah, and, and like, I think the, like one person says like it's it was just kind of ridiculous that it's just like a giant turtle. It, yeah. it was just it, it was it's a little it's a little fun moment. Um, in terms of other monsters in the film, uh, the movie also sees uh, the return of Mothra's uh, larva in the form of twins. But fun fact about these larvae is that. Um, unlike previous uh, versions of the twin larvae, that they are not identical. If you actually look at them closely, uh, there are subtle differences in both of the larvae that actually show and indicate and hint that they are, in fact, male and female larvae. Yeah, I think I caught that a little bit. There's slight differences in the shading. Uh, there's a little bit uh, differences in the tusks and like the spikes on the tail and everything. And this actually uh, is the first uh, big confirmation or confirmed appearance in the Godzilla franchise of a male Mothra, which normally we traditionally see Mothra being right. just strictly a, a female character. But they both can change the color of their eyes. Yes, they can. Which I, I always forget, like, is that an ability that Mothra, like, has? I mean, maybe, an ability. Yeah, it may be something yeah. that was in Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah. Um... But um, in, ter- in terms of our other monsters, Godzilla and Kiryu, a.k.a. Uh, Mechagodzilla, uh, their designs ultimately remain the same, but the suits were actually redone to compensate for difficulties uh, while making the previous film, primarily on how easily they were able to operate during the combat scenes. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla was uh, redesigned a little bit, pretty much identical, but was given a scar on his chest to, to call the, back yeah. to the uh, previous film's events. And, uh, Which Kir- plays into the plot itself, too. And Kiryu was designed, ultimately, to be lighter so that the super former yeah. had a little bit of an easier time and, and doing even the fighting. within the plot, again, some redesign elements are presented within the plot itself. Right, yeah, because the, the movie, I believe, takes place, like, one year. Yeah, one year. I think it was, like, nine months or something. Yeah. Like nine months or so. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like... I think it is a year, actually. It might be. Yeah, I mean, I it's not that said, long. I think they said something about nine months, and then it goes into a year or something like um, that. I could have sworn nine months were revolved somewhere. Yeah, but, um, well, the movie, you know, even though it was made in 2003, takes place in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> you can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is kind of like all the elements that has led us into Godzilla uh, Tokyo SOS. Uh, and uh, one one fun thing that I did pull uh, from it was the uh, tagline uh, for the film, which I think is the perfect little... Uh, uh, prep work to get us into actually talking about the film and it made me laugh and basically it is Godzilla Tokyo SOS a guardian deity who loves the earth a king of the a king of monsters who hates mankind a super battle robot boasted by humanity three giant monsters one violent final battle <laughs> dude come on yeah I mean, that describes Why don't we the, have taglines like that, that anymore? That describes the movie pretty well. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not getting any surprises from that. <laughs> um, but yes, and that all that from the mind and excitement of Tezuka to the returning uh, fan uh, service and deep cuts of the Mothra film and uh, hopping off of a thoroughly enjoyable and pretty much great Godzilla entry. Yeah. That takes us into Godzilla Tokyo SOS. So Nick, let's get into this film. It says that life has to be lived within the time that nature allows. 
We have made a killing machine with the bones from Godzilla. We mustn't forget that. Somewhere we crossed the line between mortals and gods. So what you're saying is, we should stop the project. You must remember, man made nuclear weapons which brought Godzilla back and that was a mistake. You're right, it was a mistake. But Mothra destroyed our capital city. I can't risk it doing so again. I agree with you that one day we'll have to discard Mecha G. However, as long as this country is threatened by Godzilla, we can't give up our only defense. Even if that defense brings disaster to those people you're trying to protect? And now we're back. Yeah. And we're talking about this. As we said uh, before, uh, we were unable to watch this film together, um, but we did watch it separately. This was an interesting one for me because it is. this is one of the films – it was an interesting experience because it is one of the films that I would say that I have a complicated relationship, but not in the same way as I do with GMK. Right. Um, it, it, it's not that one. I mean, this film shows kind of why I, this is my favorite franchise of films, or like at least the one one of the ones dearest to my heart. Why I love it so much because when I go through all these movies, there are sometimes like you know I, I just kind of love them all to a certain degree. Yeah. But then sometimes, like you know, depending on where you are in life, like you watch one, and you're like, oh, okay, this one maybe not as much my favorite. Then you watch the same movie again, but you still like it because it's like you know it's Godzilla. You you, you still you still love it. And then you watch it maybe a year later, and then you're in a different place, or you're watching these movies in a different light, and then you're watching it again, and then you're just like, oh, wait, no, I actually am like, this This movie is connecting with me a little bit better. And I would say, ultimately, that was my experience watching this movie with uh, certain notes and reservations that I had that actually, like, this was a movie that I had certain opinions about, and then I actually had different opinions about, and then I'm like, oh, but there are certain things in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's why I had that previous opinion. But before I get into that too much, Nick, I want to hear, as the Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla Stan, and as the last time we'll probably see a Mecha Godzilla for a while, how is this entry of Godzilla for you? Uh, very good. Very good. I, I very much enjoyed it. Not as strong as against um, uh, for a number of reasons. I think it uh, just like it doesn't have all the depth of uh, against. I think it goes to some places that you know it tries to get that depth and i think it succeeds in in some level but it does not it just doesn't have mm -hmm. that kind of depth it's very much like less of a character movie a little bit more of a plot movie mm. i feel like um which is fine and i think that the action is great i still think that the the action is super solid all the way through um i did find it very oddly like a much better kind of partial remake of Mothra versus Godzilla because mm, the Mothra mm -hmm. stuff has a lot of the similar beats, mm. but the modern suits and the modern technology and kind of the more thematically driven plot kind of make those elements of Mothra versus Godzilla just much better. Um, also, there is not a random bus f full of children that they have to save <laughs> at the end, uh, which is nice. Um, I just like... I think it represented Mothra well. It, f it definitely like took some stuff from that Mothra movie that it hasn't been present in the other mm -hmm. other films, like the Mothra symbol, which I thought was very interesting. 
Um, which leads up to kind of a very fun, very interesting kind of final battle and a very kind of really neat ending. Yeah. Which is kind of what I thought. So I very much enjoyed it. I, I very much thought it was a very, very, very solid entry. So in the past for me, this has been a movie where I think there were certain details that I would get petty about in the, mm. in, in the movie. Um, and I think the biggest frustration that I had with it was that it, despite it being a direct sequel to the previous thing, that there were certain aspects abandoned in the, in this film or that were basically not as much focused on from the previous one. And that ultimately is like, it, like the biggest thing that, and I'll just get to it right now, is that they completely switch out the cast of characters. Yeah. And that is an element that I'll get into in a minute, but it was one of those things that it really, for the longest time, bummed me out about, about yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's very much like I feel like it's a Godzilla thing. Like or like a, it's kind of almost a Japanese thing in some ways where it's like I feel like they do do this. It's happened in Godzilla before, but I do feel like I've seen this in other franchises within within Japan where it's just like they're really just like even if it's a direct sequel, just right. like swap out and, and do a whole new thing. Well, like my that. memory of this of this movie because this I hadn't really revisited this one as much as as against, and my memory in going into this movie is that I fully expected based off previous feelings is that this was going to be a versus mecha godzilla into terror mecha godzilla situation where right. it was just going to be a it's fine but it's like there is a distinct drop off from mm-hmm. from the previous film watching it again i thir- i had a completely different experience with it and you know i ha- there's some thoughts i have about as it moves on but I, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of this movie that just plain rocks. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's, yeah, there's a like, lot that rocks, it, it, and it, it ultimately I mean, this, this is, is good. Like I mean, I, the thing is, is like this is one of those types of movies where like the final battle is essentially like an hour long. Like it's a very kind of lengthy part of the movie, right? But right. because of the way it's paced and the action and just kind of how the thematics are working, it works. It's not like a Geigen situation. It's a little more of like kind of a Megalon, deeper than Megalon, obviously, but like kind of that situation where it's just like, it's wholly entertaining um, and there's a lot of great action and it kind of keeps that pace up. Right. Which is like, what, which is really what makes the film work. Yeah. And what it kind of shares similarly with, with Mechagodzilla. Because it's, it's one of those types of movies where, especially the way it's set up, it's easy to imagine a version of this movie where the pace gets lost, where they kind of linger uh, on things. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and I, I do think there is a little bit of pacing stuff within yeah. the first half of the movie that could be improved, but I think once it gets to kind of the big battle stuff, I think that's paced very well. I think that it is one of those things where, to me, the movie ultimate... Like, I do feel like there is there is potential in this movie for it to actually be, like like probably the best Godzilla sequel in terms of, and then creating like a part one, part two thing that like just blows everything out of the water. Um, I do think ultimately it's a movie that is actually pretty good. And then I think it, it loses itself a little bit in the, in the second half for, for me. Uh, Actually, I think I'm pretty much, I think the opposite. Uh, Now I think that there, but that's the thing. I think it's still delivering. I yeah. think the movie is still delivering, I just think, as a whole piece. Because ultimately what I felt about the movie is that as opposed to being like a direct sequel, it ultimately feels like a big epic epilogue, if anything. like that's where a, That's a fair assessment. Where I think... I, I can definitely see that. Right, where I think it, it's tying up the basically the threads of the previous movie, but right. in the most entertaining way possible, yeah. is how I ultimately mm-hmm. felt about that. Um, I think the biggest thing is... And then... Tezuka has a really good way with human characters. 
and none of the human characters in this movie are bad. I don't think. No. I do think that it is a step down it, from it what we have from the previous movie. Is. It definitely is. Yeah. And to the point that I think that emotionally, I think where you, we get at emotionally and thematically by the end of the movie is earned. I'm not sure if it's 100% earned on a character level. Um, just because the characters we ultimately focus on, I'm like, I don't know if yeah, like, this movie did enough to make me care about I, that's that guy. That's what I was talking about. The movie, yeah. the movie does not have that depth of against. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, in, in the sense that the characters, there's still interesting things going on with them, but they are much more surface-level stuff uh, in terms of, again, it's like less of that character-driven stuff and more like the characters are kind of driven through the plot type of element which i still find the characters entertaining and i still find them easy to follow and and i will say by the end i was definitely getting invested and and i will talk about that more specifically once we get to talk about the ending but i i think that they're very much like i can see what you're saying in that it's really what kind of gives that characters that earned kind of ending right is the direction mm-hmm. and i think that the direction of this movie like with against is super solid and adds something to the film. Mm -hmm. And especially with this one, because I think like against as a whole package is very, very is awesome. It's very good. It's one of the best Godzilla movies we've seen. Whereas I think this is a movie where yes, maybe some scripting elements, maybe some character elements are a little bit weaker, but the directing elevates it enough where it doesn't derail the movie. Yeah, I think in the in the main in a big way, Tezuka is more of the star of this movie yes. than anybody yeah. else. Um, I would definitely agree. because I I do think like there was a level that I think that was achieved in against uh, Mechagodzilla where I felt a little bit more connected to all the individual elements. I felt a little bit more connected to the characters. I felt a little bit more connected to Godzilla. I felt a little bit more connected to Kiryu. Yes. And I felt that in this movie, like, except for a few poignant moments, like, I think, like, because they're the monsters and you still, you love them all, I just, there wasn't as much of an intimate, co- that, that's my biggest thing, is, like, there wasn't as much of an intimate connection with this with this movie. And I think that, ultimately, like, I think that the movie suffered a little bit from not having that somebody is inside Mechagodzilla piloting, or, you know, they, they give, yeah. like, our lead character, like, I'm, I've been a mechanic on on Mechagodzilla for like longer four, than four years. yeah for yeah. four years. It's like so. It's like I know him better than any of you, but it it doesn't quite resonate in the same way that Akane has with like yeah. it in the la- in the last mo- movie. Right. Um, there's a little bit thing. So like in actually a little there's less intimate time spent other than with Mothra. There's a little bit less intimate time spent with both Godzilla and Mechagodzilla that it doesn't quite reach the heights of the previous film. Yeah, especially now, I mean, like the whole point is that Mech, like Mechagodzilla is like constantly under repair until he right, shows up. Right, and Godzilla is basically like they're trying to find him. Side note: Before we get anywhere else, yeah. I do love that we can just call the previous film against, and everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> I can say like in against. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is very specific. Yes. Yeah, because um, ultimately, the plot of the movie, as I kind of mentioned in the previous segment, is that Mothra is coming back. Well, ultimately, um, Kiryu Mechagodzilla so, is under repairs. Yeah, it's been like a year or so yeah. since the previous movie. Kiryu is still under repairs. Godzilla uh, has nowhere to be seen. Godzilla is nowhere to be seen. And now Mothra has shown up uh, in the fairies and basically said, listen, 
you're still using the bones of Godzilla, and this is really not cool because, like, you know, you're desecrating the the yeah. memory of the this dead. Is, yeah, you're you're uh, you're doing you're ruining the natural order and of then, things. And then they're like, "Listen, Mothra will will be gladly take care of you. Mothra will gladly protect it, right. the Earth. You just need to return those bones to the sea." And it was interesting because I felt for a while for a longest time about this movie that this was a movie that I felt much like GMK where I thought I thought Mothra was just kind of thrown into it but watching it again I thought this may have been one of like the the better showcases yeah. of Mothra this in these is films. right in terms of Mothra on its own this is right up there with 92 Mothra in terms yeah. of showcasing what makes Mothra great mm-hmm. um I do think that like the I like the kind of the design and how they do the effects of Mothra. In yeah, this yeah. They, they gave her a little bit of an older design, yeah. with, like making her a little bit more shaggy with the hair. The wings are awesome in this. The wings like, are great. The, way the that wings they, they, are yeah. very fluid. There's also a moment in this movie where she gets clipped by like a beam, and it just and you feel it. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh no. <laughs> and it's also a great larva movie too, because um, I know the larva. These are maybe my favorite larva like puppets yes. in in the these larva movies. look great, yeah. and they they do effective work, which is. The kind of thing with the larva, those early larva films are are not good. Right. <laughs> um, the early larva movies. Um, but, like, this is another solid set. Though I will say, I will say this real quick. The uh, There's a whole conceit where Mothra, like, listen, like, Mothra's pissed that you're using the bones. Right, right. That really never, you know, has any payoff because, like, the whole thing is like, oh yeah, we'll protect you if you just put the bones back to the sea, and then right, Mothra right. ends up fighting Godzilla anyway, yeah. and everything like that. Which I think ultimately is fine. Like ultimately, you kind of, at least for me, you kind of forget about that watching the movie. It's just one of the things that I kind of thought about afterwards. Like, huh, that really kind of like they just kind of had that threat with Mothra. Was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it anyway. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I can see where you're coming from, but at the same time the the benefit of that like the po- the net positive of it is that you avoid characters being dumb for the sake of conflict yes agreed uh because there is a level of well mothra comes to fight and then the characters are like well wait let's hold back on mecha godzilla because like this may be our sh- chance well, to show that we don't need this weapon the other thing about it and i thought this was actually one of the more interesting kind of thematic elements of the movie that maybe you know like like a lot of things in the movie could have been explored deeper but i thought this was very interesting is that you know, within the context of the movie, it's talked about that, yes, Mothra, and it, it, this is something that was established in Against, which is Mothra attacked Tokyo. Right. Like, mm-hmm. th- this is something that happened in history. And there's a lot of people, especially within the government, that are like, well, Mothra attacked us once, why wouldn't she attack us again? Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, she's attacked us before. And then, obviously, within context of the Mothra movie and the characters that know it, it's like, Mothra within that was just trying to protect and save the fairies from right. the evil people that were taking them. I thought that was a very interesting, just kind of that level of there was so many people that were just convinced that like Mo- like this, like why should we trust Mothra? Right, right. And there was this, you know, there's it's kind of the thematics of just like how we remember history mm-hmm. and how and who remembers history and like how you know for most of the world they just see this giant moth attacked, you know, no, and they yeah, remember this and attack in the, in the '60s. And there's like, well, this is what happened, and and we can't let this happen again. Whereas obviously we have characters like the the guy from the original movie that are like, well, no, they they were really attacking Tokyo. They were just protecting their own world, and Mothra is a protector of the earth, which I thought was a very interesting kind of conceit, and and kind of added to the drama of when everybody is watching Mothra defend 
to, you know defending the city against Godzilla and everybody's like wait a minute they are he she is attacking Godzilla mm-hmm. yeah no I mean it, it it's all great the Mothra stuff is pretty good but I it, thought like the opening scene where it's like the two jets and like slowly like revealing Mothra and like the clouds and that aerial battle was awesome yeah. because you rarely get to because it was like finally I think in any of these movies like because this movie found a really good balance of making Mothra like a potentially like dangerous force of nature while also making her heroic yes and I thought that, it kept that, that fr- it, yeah it kept that spirituality of Mothra which is so important to that character mm-hmm. but also you know, reminding you why she is like you know one of, one of the top kaiju and why she is a beast in battle. Yeah, um, and and I thought that opening scene with the I I thought that was a spectacularly directed. Oh yeah, scene like the and, beginning of this movie is great. Yeah, and and it's all like again, I think Tezuka is like the 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 big uh, showcase of this. Now, all that said, I will say this: I do think that Mothra is an awesome part of this movie. That somewhere in the story they didn't know how to wrap it up yeah i can i can agree with because that. I, I will say mothra there and, and it still bugs me this is like because as we approach the end of the movie this is like oh yeah these are the kind of things that bother me about in this movie and it still kind of bothers me like they do kind of like have this whole thing where mothra is going to defend tokyo from godzilla right yeah. like and yes and so there's all that but then she just kind of loses Right, because it will... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, I did said this before, and I will say it again. It is essentially the beats of Mothra vs. Godzilla from 64, because what does it begin? It begins with the fairies kind of showing up somewhere, and then they go outside, Mothra is standing there, just like at the beginning of 64, Mm. and then Mothra... Which is actually an Easter egg homage to that original movie, where it's, like, up on the hill, and, like, the way it's framed. But then, like, later, like, Godzilla, like, you know, there's an egg... And then, you know, Mothra and Godzilla fight. Mothra loses. The egg hatches. There's two larvae. And they go out and they defend and, yeah. and they, all that sort of stuff. And so it's basically... But but this movie does it a lot better than that 64 Mothra movie. Uh, it, it does. But I do feel that if I'm thinking about, like, the entire package of the story, like, in just, like, what real estate of, like, narrative are they giving to what, like... The the larva stuff is great, but I don't know if it was the best decision for this movie. I can, is how I would yeah, put because that. it really does not come to a, a conclusion on that end. Right, it needed to be more involved, or there needed to be more of like, oh, you know, the Mechagodzilla team decides to like protect the larva or something like more so like kind of you know trying to you know what you need with what anything you do with the larva is you need to, it's going to lead to the Mothra rebirth right. in some sense or form. And, I mean, that works, like, and it's kind of always weird when they do the Mothra stuff first and then the larva stuff because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of the similar problem you have with, you know, the original Mothra kind of stuff, like, within Mothra, Ghidorah into Destroy All Monsters, and in this movie... Where it's like, well, you have the larva, but then you're just kind of like, well, is it ever going to be Mothra again? Right, Whereas like, right. What 92 Mothra does so well, and actually does very differently than the rest of these movies, is that it starts off with the larva form. Mm-hmm. And so then you get to the point of, yeah. of Mothra. I still think, like, I, I still really like Mothra in this movie, but I can't agree with you on this, that it really does not come to an ending 
um, a satisfying when, conclusion when you think about it. Yeah. Like, well, I guess to the, me, like I didn't really notice it as much yeah. when I was watching it because again, the movie is still very enjoyable right? and they still kind of do the silly string at the end and, and kind of still get involved enough. But you are wondering, like, what, where's the point of Mothra? Well, there, there's movie? some logistics of the actual fight. There's a little bit of, like, well, they just, Mothra and Godzilla just kind of go at it, like, back and forth for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, Mothra's about to die. I'm like, wait, what? Like, they don't really track that fight in a way. Because I, I here's the thing. I would get the theme, and it actually makes sense, that, you know, the death of Mothra is another example about how humanity kind of like fucking with like the past and powers that they don't understand does more harm than good. Yeah. Like, and it has now destroyed a actual creature that would have protected them. So I kind of get that. Right. But the thing is like the movie basically sets up in this way that like Mothra is going to just like, she's going to be like this badass who's coming in and protecting it for a while in the movie. She is. And then ultimately, it's just like, nope, never mind. Well, like, she like, dies. Because it's like, oh, like, she's releasing her scales. I mean, she must know she's going to die. Right, and I think yeah. Even if you put that on a more spiritual level, if you kind of had that more spirituality where it's like, it's her, you know, she knows it's her destiny to kind of perish in this battle, but she will have, you know, the the, the, the story of Mothra always comes in a cycle. Right. With death comes life. I No, I, I agree with all that. It's just more so but the if you, storytelling. If, if, if you put it more apparently, yeah. it would have worked more. Like, like if that's you what I'm saying. It's like, it's there. Yeah. It's everything's there. Just like everything in this movie. Again, it I think it on a level it works. I think it's very entertaining. I very much enjoyed it. Right. And I actually would enjoy this movie again. But it's all everything that's there is just like if you put a little bit more depth into it, if you put a little bit more on the see, forefront, but I see, feel like for me I feel like it's all it's all there. It, for me it's more of a storytelling thing because if you were to establish like something like, Oh, it's an older Mothra, then you would kind of be like, Oh, okay, I guess that's why I got like the you know it, it didn't ultimately like live up to what she normally would do. Or the other thing would be like like if during the battle there was like a little bit more that like because it, it, they just seem evenly matched until all of a sudden she's losing the battle and I'm like wait why like why so that's more of like my issue and and to me like the movie is pretty much kind of nailing it in terms of like it's like characters and plot up until that point that there's a level of where I think that the movie ultimately story-wise gets a lot of what it wants to do out of the way mm -hmm. like like in the first half and then yeah. it gets into monster battle territory and luckily the movie delivers on the monster battles because by the way the monster battling in this movie is amazing there's a lot of great moments and like i said like it's a very lengthy in terms of overall battle yeah. like when when godzilla finally appears it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of like in like I guess. Oh, like, remember when he attacks the sub? Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> he like uh, more more great American actors in this movie. Yeah, by this way. actually was probably some of the best American acting. Like and, legitimately, and, that's say, and, like, yeah. and it's still <laughs> saying something because it was not perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the sub attack was great. Very much again, Hunt for Red October esque. Yeah, in some ways. Um, but what I was gonna say is that. This is, again, a very lengthy kind of final battle, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. um, but, again, how the movie, again, direction helps it a lot. And it kind of breaks up that battle. Mm -hmm. It's like it's one big battle, but there are segments to it and, and you know, drama and things that happen that kind of break it up and, and keep that pace going where it's not like a guy again where, like, that 40-minute fight just drags on. No, no, not it at all. It very much is like... A very lengthy fight, but it it's enthralling yeah. all the way through. And there's some some really great moves in this. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
Should we just start calling? Some I mean, out? like there, there, there's a lot. Of, I mean, obviously, I, wanna, I keep on forgetting what movie it is, but this is the one with the drill hand. Yes. I always remember like that. That's awesome. See, my my move of the fight was. Wait, uh, hold on. Can I guess what I think? Oh, yeah. Man, what I think? Oh, is it when he like he flips him over his head? Is that the one? No, that one's close. Yeah. No, it's when um my my favorite move in this in this whole movie is. Mecha Godzilla has Godzilla on the ground. Yes, and then Godzilla, you know, basically. Oh, I know which yeah. one you're talking about. So yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Godzilla's like on his on his belly, I think. Right. And Godzilla basically whips his tail, trips Mecha Godzilla over, yes, and he... then immediately flips himself over and beams him right in the face. That was, I was awesome. Like, That's crazy. That's awesome. But the, the back body drop was also really cool. That that was good. He he has a drill hand in this one that he drills into Godzilla, which seems like it hurts. Yes. Um. There is an awesome one too where uh, he, uh Godzilla is like behind a building. And he like shoot. Well, first of all, he shoots his little shoulder rockets, and Godzilla catches one, and then they detonate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but there's the one where Godzilla's behind a building, and then Kiryu shoots the missiles like like one out top, and then the other ones out the side. So then they like go around the building, and then on top of Godzilla, yeah. and then Godzilla just gets up and then shoots the beam through the building. This was actually like for a while like. Uh, this reminded me of classic Mecha Godzilla, yes. which is the complete arsenal of right. Weaponry. Especially when the drill hand shows up, that very much was like the classic, like original versus Mecha Godzilla, where it's just like you never know what he's gonna pull out next. Right. Yeah. And it, it really did feel like as that fight went on, that yes, like this is like the Mecha Godzilla that has the arsenal. And there's some fun stuff that they threw in it that they did kind of talk about that, like. Um, you know, the guy's trying to like turn Mecha Godzilla around at one point and it's just moving just a little too slow for yeah. him. So they, again, kind of like I said that they gave uh, Kiryu in the last movie just the right amount of nerfs uh, in, in this film. Uh, in the last film, I thought that they did that again in this one. Um, so I, I was still like, just again, the direction of all the monster stuff and uh, and all the action, I just mm-hmm. thought was impeccable in this and film. I, I did think too, like not the short change, the Godzilla versus Mothra stuff is like, I think there's some really like, again, effective stuff too. And I think the- Yes, added, no, it's good. It's the, good. Added, the added effects of like the Mothra flapping the wings and just like kind of, the way that those two suits, two great suits, yes, uh, interact with each other just really helps, uh, yeah, like, and, like yeah. sell that fight because I think the Mothra versus Godzilla fight is always a very interesting battle, and there is a very much a balance because of the size and 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 basically kind of the the frame difference. Whereas Godzilla is big and bulky, Mothra is you know a little bit more smaller, more thinner, mm-hmm. and I think like there's always an interesting dynamic. And I think this movie is again just like 92 Mothra really captures what you can do with that dynamic. Uh, at one point, she gets one of her uh, arms bitten off. That was yes. pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, and Godzilla just kind of spits it out. That's great. Too. Yeah, that 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 that, that was, was kind great. of the turning point of the battle, though. That was where like you know yeah. it started to kind of go a little bit down. Um, I'm trying to think of like if like any other of the monster stuff. That was fun. I just think it was. There, there it, definitely is. It, it, it was. We, over, it was overall fun, and I think like the biggest thing about the larva, which I'm not. I'm. I'm still not entirely sure if they're justifiably in this movie. But if we're talking about the craft of them, I think this is some of the best larva uh, stuff that like, we've seen. Look great, and and again, it's like making them effective because yes. that's always been the issue with them. Yes, it still looks like watery, silly string coming out of them, which is kind of like a nice little throwback. 
um, to like the original sixty four or uh, the original. Stuff. But it's plotted in a way where but it, it works, makes sense. And yeah, it works. And again, it, it kind of does that effective double teaming stuff that the sixty four had, but just does it in a more effective way. And just the way, j- again, the the model work and the puppetry work on just like how like you know it'll like sneak behind a building and then just like and they also made the larva a little bit more slender. Yes, in in, in this like, one but too. But I also think like that was a, like. A few ways that they kind of made the the larva probably some of the more like kind of um you the monster you kind of care about most because there's that little moment where they like check in on each other where yes that, yeah. like first moment of they, they appear when Godzilla just knocks the one over yes and then yeah other, that's it, awesome that was that great too but then the other larva comes over. And they're like kind of chattering and, and you know making sure they're okay and mm-hmm. it's just like there's that kind of level. Of yeah, care. no, that all that stuff was great. Yeah, like again, I, and I always like the movies do such a good job of like making you like care about you know these as characters. And I and I kind of had that thought about the Mothra losing thing where it's like sometimes you kind of get caught up like in the monsters just being like more plot points than anything. Yeah. So when the monster doesn't live up, it just kind of seems like a bad plot point yeah but the movies are treating them like characters so if you look at like it as a character just losing you you're a little bit more willing right. to accept it just lost the leg yeah yeah so <laughs> um, um but we have other characters we probably yeah no i do want to like that that's the kind of the thing about this movie it's like we can talk about the monsters and we just did like all the monster stuff is awesome and while I can't say that I was as intimately connected to the human characters, there are some key moments that I do yeah. want to bring up. Um, so, I, our, 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 yeah. I, no, I was going to say I did like very much the interplay between our lead engineer character and our old uh, returning character from the Mothra film. Right, because like they're the, related within this movie. Yeah, he's the, he's like a, he's an uncle. Yeah. And uh, he's like a But don't great call uncle. me uncle. Yeah, yeah. Well, our lead character is an uncle, but then also like his, because uh, yeah. that's his uncle as well. Yeah. So it's just a series of uncles, yes. which I thought was a really interesting yeah. choice. Uh, but what's like our, 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 our Chujo character. Mm-hmm. So we have the original it's one. It's a bunch of Chujos. It's yes. a family of Chujos. So we have the original one. Yeah. Um, that was from the 61 Mothra, the grandfather type of character. Uh, we have the engineer who's kind of the young, you know, like kind of, you know, loves machines. Mm-hmm. It's his whole life, his machines. And then we have kind of the little kid right. who calls the engineer uncle and the engineer's like, don't call me uncle. I'm yeah. not your, I'm not and, your and uncle. The, and I thought they did a really good introduction of, of all of those characters. They introduced like this, our engineer character as somewhat of uh, very much respecting of the, uh, the, of of his craft he very much respects it and he even looks back on like, like old jets like, and a, being... like he, he's very much into the history and mm-hmm. like you know he's like oh like the f1 it's like it's it's a shame like the future lodge is great and that's a shame it's really like outdated and right. we went to the f14s and, and it's finally... a good and it's a good shorthand mecha, to be like mecha g yeah it's a good shorthand to show that like oh this guy is going to care about the machine yeah. more so than anybody else and he's will. passionate yeah um so i thought all that was good but i i actually thought that um the um our older Chujo uh was was very good. He's I, very I, good. No, yeah. he's very entertaining. <laughs> I, I thought he was very good in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought he was really. I thought he was really selling, especially um the scene with him and the prime minister. Like they're both just selling the shit out of that moment. The yeah. the whole like interplay between like because especially our prime minister, you can tell he's in this situation where you know he's not a hundred percent on board. Well, he kind of buys the whole like. Yeah, probably making this uh, Mecha Godzilla was not like the right thing to do, but like we have no other recourse, and I'm yeah. gonna do what it takes to 
you know, protect uh, Japan, and but he has he clearly has some reservations about that. And, and I the- I also I appreciate when they do something different because one of the things I liked too was like that there wasn't they kind of present a little bit of a conflict between like the grandfather trying to shut down, you know, the Mecha G project using like the, you know, the Mothra argument and right. the, the passion of the, of the, you know, the engineer. But I also like, basically there's a scene where, you know, they, there's all these weird G men basically interviewing the engineer being like, what do you know about Mothra? And they're smoking. Right. Right. And stuff. But then when he comes out of the meeting, the grandfather's like, well, what'd you tell him? And then he's like, okay, well you don't have to tell me you know, I'm doing my thing. You do what's right by you. If you mm-hmm. want to tell them, you don't want to tell them. If you want to protect your thing, that's fine with me. Yeah. And I think like what it shows more is the conflict of the engineer. Mm. That they don't really base that conflict on like oh like family fighting. It's more so like the engineer doesn't know what the right thing to do. Tezuka is because- between this movie and the last film is really good at not making dumb characters that just get into conflict for the sake of conflict. For the sake of a movie. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, there are examples you can give of it between, like, the closest you can get is the guy who lost his brother and against. Yeah. But, like, he lost his brother. Right. So well, it's like, you can tell, like, you one, understand why he's a dick. He lost his brother, and the other thing is that everybody calls him out for being a dick, which, right. is, which is important. If everybody was like, kind of on his side, and, like, because that's the way, again, again, so that's, that's the way you expect that movie to go, is, like, everybody, like, shuns her because, like, oh, she, like, got his, this guy killed, where everybody else is... No, in that movie, everybody's like, dude, like, chill out. That mm. was that was not your, her fault. This right. is years ago. Um, in this movie, I feel like it's the same way, in that, like, yeah, there's kind of conflict, but all the conflict with, between characters kind of is sensical mm-hmm. uh, to an extent. And then even, like, our lead, one of our lead scientist characters in the last film, even though he is kind of buffoonish, like, they do go out of the way to show he is good at his job. Yeah. And in this movie, it is very similar in which, like, you know, I think that it's being portrayed as, like, listen, people aren't dumb. They know that Mothra is a thing, and they know that it is a potential threat, and they know that there must be some truth to this. But it also can't be just, like, an old guy comes and be like, Mothra's going to attack, and we just shut down everything. So I thought that the movie, Tezuka just did a really good job of just, like, um, not making any of those dumb decisions, I I thought. Um, So I, 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 I thought all that worked. Um, the big thing, one of the big things, and I, I want to, I want to touch upon this because this was a big sticking point for me for the longest time. And that is the fact that this movie does not continue the Akane character. Yeah. They basically write her out. Um, and they give her one scene. They, they give her one scene. And ultimately I, I was always bummed out about that because like, I just thought like that is like one of the, like maybe the heart and soul of the previous film. And, and, and it's almost like a promise that they ultimately didn't keep. And I did so much research to determine like why she didn't like, why she isn't in the movie that much is, there's some reason and i think it just comes down to just like story-wise they just decided to go in a different they, direction they, they, they within the story they probably you know within their heads they didn't have more right like, yeah it, it would probably want to go other directions but yeah. that being said i really like they really did the scene well that uh, they, she's no, in they, it. no that, that i mean that scene is still continuing that character it's a very I, respectful scene it's very well directed i think the actors like, crush her, it yeah and she continues kind of little bits of what her journey was in that previous right because her thing is like she is at this big kind of like big celebration party with the mecha g team and she's like announcing new pilots and new trainings she's gonna go i believe to the states to do like a training program or something uh because but and it's also realistic because she was just a pilot and this is like maybe a year later so it's not like oh she's like top of the class like you know she's still like uh you know in the ranks 
And I thought that they did a good job of like showing like, oh, she's like distant from the crowd and then she goes to check up on Kiryu and then she has her whole lesson from the last movie is like, yeah, I don't think I don't think I, I don't think Kiryu wants to fight, but I'm like going to be sad that I'm not going to be here to like do that. And then they had that awesome moment where she walks away and then like she stops and like, you know, lowers her head a little bit and then like she continues walking yeah. away. So while I still will always have that little bit in my heart where I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that they don't continue the character, I have to give props that I think that they do at least wrap it up in the best way that they can in that within those yeah. parameters. And um, I thought it was a beautifully done scene. Yeah, no, I, I think that was very much a highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that it was just she's in there for one scene, it was nice to see her mm-hmm. uh, again. Yeah, um, I think it's. But it's, it ultimately leads to where we get into with our new character our right, engineer cause, character because our engineer character is very much someone who cares about mecha godzilla fuck it fuck the, are they likable though yeah. like the like oh yeah tazuka just makes some likable characters just, uh, yeah yeah like he 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 loves mecha g yeah as they call like within the subtitles yeah. throughout the movie mecha i g. hate that by the way I, I i don't like them calling it mecha g well it's only in the subtitles they clearly kiryu like within yes the movie yeah itself. yeah i just i mean they don't abandon the name kiryu and i think it's good that they show that right. like because akane calls like her kiryu very, yeah it's very like I think they all still call her. It's, you can hear her still say Kiryu. Yeah, yeah. Just, they don't adapt, abandon it completely. It's just like yeah. adapted as Mecha G, which is yeah. you know probably more American than anything else. But anyways, um, so basically that's like the engineer. There's some stuff where like you know there's other pilots that are like, oh, you're just an engineer, and it's like I I know Mecha Godzilla through the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, but basically, kind of, but the, a guy the, catches a fly at one point. But the the core family, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, the scene where they're at the party. And like, you know, you know, uh, and uh, the engineer is basically like, you know, standing up to this kind of bully pilot type of dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, you're just, whatever. And then the, the guy like puts his hand like you know, as if he's going to punch him. Yeah. And then like he opens his hand. And he's just caught a fly. That was awesome. I was like, yes, that, that's great. Um, but there's that kind of conflict and, and there's that. But you're right. that like, The core family dynamic very works. Like there's a, you know, there's another girl. That he kind of has like a, a friendship relationship with, yeah, and I think yeah, that a little they, bit of a budding romance going yeah, on there. But there's this like kind of. I like, thought she was great too. No, she was great, and their little chemistry with each other was like very like what you want in that type of role. It, it was just amount of like kind of like silly teasing without seeming too cheesy or forced, yes. and I, I just thought it was a tasteful amount of that. Yeah, and there's enough going on, and then again you have the stuff with like the prime minister, and you know the, uh, what was the the pressure to get Mechagodzilla ready in time yeah. for another Godzilla attack because one, there's this whole thing now where every, like, you know, the grandfathers and there's all this stuff like Mothra, like he says that we got, he can't do this mm-hmm. and he's trying to push that. But then also like, you know, they're like, well, it will take us two weeks to do the final checkup and we still don't have the diamonds for the, you know, the, the anti for the, 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 free, yeah. the freeze ray. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, well, like we, we just have to do this. And it's like, well, Godzilla could attack within those two weeks, so we need to be ready as when he, as we can. So there's kind of all that kind of stuff, and eventually it leads to our 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 turtle friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Camo Abus. Uh, you know, coming up is with that big bite chunk. We get the uh, the American submarine getting attacked by Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually Godzilla does reappear. Yeah. And, uh, it's... It's a hard thing because that character is very likable, but there's a couple things that that do – I don't want to say compromise the character, but that just aren't completely fully there. And I think one of the things is, like, uh, unfortunately, where Akane and the Lee characters in the last movie are kind of, like, just, like, interwoven throughout the film – 
there is a moment where we do jump out of some of the human stuff and like we focus way more on like the Chujo family more so than anybody like yes. or like the 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 um the older uh, our older Chujo and like the nephew right because there's the whole yeah. ext- I mean that was what I was getting to is the whole extended sequence when the Godzilla finally appears again yeah and like the grandfather you know older Chujo is basically like oh no like the kids like the kids missing you know he's like we got to evacuate and then the kids not there and right the right. kid. Eventually, what the kid's doing is that he's at his school. He's making the Mothra symbol, mm-hmm. uh, which is again something that really hasn't appeared in the other Mothra. No, no, no. Like no, the no. other Mothra yeah. stuff, other than the original. But basically, it's established that this Mothra symbol, basically, if you put it out, it will call Mothra. Right. So, like in the in original movie, I guess they put it on like a runway to like take Mothra away from like the the city or whatever it was. Right. Um, but in this movie, the kid makes the symbol with all the desk chairs. Yeah, it was fun. And then, was fun. you know, and then Mothra appears. But then, basically, yeah. So then they escape, and then the whole thing is that our, our engineer Chujo is basically like, "Where's my grandfather? Where's right. you know, where's he, my where's my grand?" Like he becomes the hero, and, and, and I well, guess you'll find the him. The thing with me is that it's it's just not a Kane, and I, and I don't mean like it's not that character. It's just when you think about that, that movie really illustrated this whole kind of journey for this character. Whereas in this movie, it's just like he really likes the robot, like, and he's just passionate about his work. So w- when it comes to, and I mean, it all works like kind of like dramatically yeah. and for the sake of the story. Guess, yeah. But when he go- does like the big, like, I'm gonna go in, which by the way, I do think like for me it was that was a little bit too much. Where like we already didn't we already do this bit in like the last one where somebody had to go in personally to like reactivate him i was like i think we could have done something a little bit differently here i guess i didn't realize that i mean it's a little bit different within the last movie because yeah. it's like it's she has to go personally pilot it where yeah. it's like this one he has to fix it but i was thinking like in that thing where well, i i did not even make that connection but you're very right where he goes and does like the big sacrifice play like it works for the story that they're telling but if i'm thinking like Man, but if that was a Kane in there, I would be I would be balling. I would be like, oh I no. did I did get a little bit like I did not I did kind of feel like oh I, he could die here. Like yeah. okay, when, when so it, you were you were buying. You I, were into I was it. I I, I it, it's one of those things where yes, the character does not have as much depth, but yeah. at the end of the day, when there is that final moment where he's like he finally reveals that he's stuck in Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of was like, oh man, he could die here, and yeah. like I could, I was like, well, that's no, true. That, I, and that I was is like, true. this would fit. This yeah. would, this would absolutely work for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of get that. Um. I'm more appreciative for the grander story being told than the actual like, yeah. like following of the character. Right. I think, like I said, it's very more the plot driven stuff, yes. less the character driven mm-hmm. stuff. But I think there's enough of the character stuff there, even if it's in like little pieces. That like I get invested in those in our characters by the end. You know what was he, absurd? What when he, uh, he flies out? So at the end of the movie, Kiryu, the the Mothra larva tie up Mecha Godzilla within silk because yes. he's all weak. Uh, which is, by the way, a good way of like making it so how he gets trapped in. Like Godzilla is very much weakened at this point, so he gets trapped in the silk, and then Mecha Godzilla basically reactivates again. With the spirit of the original well, yeah, 1954 right. film, because again they've says it's gone crazy. Like, yeah, no, it's like the original because they've everybody knows the bones are like a big deal now. So Godzilla, so Mecha Godzilla picks him up and then flies him out to sea and is basically just yeah. going to submerge and like go into the depths of the ocean. Um, and, and then, then at one point, uh, he turn he flips over, so our lead engineer 
will fly out and like basically be able to escape. Yeah. So he flies out. Well, because he's with the jet of our uh, of his other friends behind him. Yeah. And he's flying back, and then the one guy does an ejector sh- seat yeah. out of the jet and catches him in well, midair. The whole, the whole like, like that is absurd. He he gets inside Mecha Godzilla and he fixes it. And then, like, he basically feels he's stuck, but he lies that, like, oh, no, I'm out there. Right, right, right. Which is good. That I liked all that. Yeah, that, that, that was, was pretty good. good. Can yeah. I talk about the really sad joke? Uh, What? What really sad joke? Oh, because so basically this made me – this kind of made me sad, even though I, it was intended to be a joke, where um, the uh, – what was I going to say? Um, so basically when he's going off to save Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. he's like calling all his engineering friends and yeah. they're like, listen, like we're, I need to fix this thing. And everybody's like, you know, mobilizing and like, I need the schematics and I need you guys to get in there. And he's like, he gets in Mechagodzilla and he's like, oh, like the, the conductor cables cut. I need an alternate. And they're like, you know, the guys. Oh like yes. Through, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I know the this. one female engineer that like is clearly pointed out is like, what about the F-13 cable? And then the guy's like, oh, wait, I got it. The F-13 cable. Yeah. And the girl likes, looks really sad. And then there's no payoff. <laughs> like, I thought at least, like, she would, like, I, I get think, her comeuppance and, like... I think oh, that like, was just supposed to be a joke. I know, but it's, like... It, <laughs> it's, it's a weird joke. In 2019, that's a very sad <laughs> joke. It's too real. It's way too real. It does I not... I can't argue that. Um, I, can't, I can't argue that. But as you know, this movie was made in 2003 and took place in 2004. Yes. So, you know, sign of the times. Sign friend. of the times. Sign of the times. Um, but it was like, again, there's that yeah. kind of beauty at the end where everybody kind of hears the song. That I liked. I liked that like that as a stylistic choice. Yeah, like the everybody kind of like, hears yep, the song. I like that a lot. And then, and then, you know, the end. So, yeah, so Godzilla, uh, Mecha Godzilla again, has that 54 spirit of Godzilla. But instead of rampaging... This time, he knows that basically he has to take out this other Godzilla. Right. Like, there's a little bit more of kind of that. Well, that shows that Tezuka ultimately did a good job with these two films and, like, painting this tale of, like, this uh, semi-tragic figure of Kiryu and that by the time it was, like, the whole, like, and it uh, is on the screen, it's like, oh, sayonara, and then it's, yeah. like, Chujo, and then uh, and is going to submerge with the both of the Godzillas going down to the depths of the sea. Yeah. That that aspect plays like gangbusters. No, it's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. like really, it's a really good kind of ending to the movie. Yeah. Especially with the prime minister's last speech at yeah. the end, mm-hmm. where he's basically like, "This isn't really a victory, a hollow victory." But if we learned one thing, yeah. He says, "If we learned one thing, like twice though." Yeah. He's like, "If we learned one thing, it's that we cannot make these mistakes again." And if we learned one thing, <laughs> it's that like we need to respect whatever he's right, said. Right. Right. Um. Um, but, yeah. but ultimately, all right, well, um, I think that's, I think that's good. I think we pretty much covered everything uh, that we need to cover. Well, I mean, we, we do have a, uh, yes. do we want to talk about that now or do we want to no, talk about it? I will talk about it now. Okay. So, so there is we, we do have a post credit. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering, I, I was going to ask if you did wait for it. Cause I actually forgot to tell you that there is a post. I always scene. wait till the end of the, I, um, I will wait till the end of the credits of any movie I see. Um, so basically, it is revealed that a lab somewhere is collecting kaiju DNA. Kaiju DNA for some reason. Some, yeah, it's just basically like oh, like Godzilla DNA from like 1999. Yeah. And I got it. I gotta admit, this is one of those things where when I saw this as a kid for the first time, and I saw that post credit scene, I've always been bummed that like that never that never saw I fruition was like, anywhere. Yeah, because like basically they're like, and then basically the whole thing is like they. They pan out, and there's, like, a bunch of vials and a bunch of little, like, tubes of all this DNA. 
and then they're basically like biogenetic engineering test to right. commence. Right. Yeah. I uh, and I was th- I was kind of thinking in my head like what I would have wanted to see with this. Well, they it, it's funny just to talk about that post credit scene for a minute. Um, that if you look closely, Godzilla and Kamuabas are the only two really visible names on there, but um, the other canisters are do reportedly have the names of Gyra, Sanda, Varen, uh, and Abira are some of the other ones that are supposedly on that list. Well, one um, of them, one of that's just just lobster DNA. That's all you need. Now in the now, there is a book called Godzilla Cross Mothra Cross Mechagodzilla Tokyo SOS Super Complete Works, uh, where there are some drawings and concepts for a fan fiction style, a swing at extending what is called, ultimately dubbed by fans, the Kiryu Saga. And it was an idea that, and it was fairly elaborate too, that it was using, that there was going to be use of DNA from other monsters such as Baragon, Gorosaurus, Kumonga, uh, as mentioned above, Varen, Sanda, Gaira, um, Kamuabus, and uh, some other monsters. And they were going to, uh, to um, somebody was going to create basically an army of kaiju mechs using the DNA of all of these kaiju. So that, you know, more of a what-if scenario at this point lost in history. But you can kind of see that, you know, some of, at least that from a conceptual idea that that's yeah, kind of where it could have gone. Because my thing would have been what I would have done is basically like, this is like an outside agency, kind of like not within the government or maybe some like secret government lab or something that's mm-hmm. kind of going on their own path. They're like, well, if they're not going to do this Mechagodzilla thing, we need to do our own thing. They kind of create kind of kaiju or create like whatever. And then my thing is like, what would have been really cool to like to kind of end this is that like, like a return of like a Mechagodzilla comes back from the depths, but it's the whole movie. It's fully like in that 54 mode. Mm -hmm. And basically it would be very interesting to kind of have basically kind of this self, you know, operating kind of, Mm. you know, creature, that humanity has made but have no control over and then how they react to it and work with it. And I think that could have been a very decent ending to the saga where it's like even, you know, within like, yes, the bones of the dead, you know, must be laid to rest, but maybe that 54 Godzilla has that unfinished business and maybe, you know, a chance for that Godzilla to be the hero. How badass would it have been though, where it's like they have to fight off an army of robot kaiju. Ba- based off other other monsters, yeah. that especially like awesome. those types of monsters. Yeah. If like, because again, like, that's that would be the fun. It's like it's not just like Ghidorah and, and Mothra. Again, it would be like stuff like Baragon and Ibira, like a giant mechanical Ibira, right? Yeah. A giant mechanical lobster. Um, but yeah, it is one of those things where I'm always like, man, you know, the selfish part of me would really want to see like that idea. Yeah. You think there's room that they could make a sequel to this? It would be fun. Yeah. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's like realistic. Because no, when you think about it, you could like you could say this amount of time has passed. This lab has been working with D, with this mm-hmm. DNA, it, and you can get away with doing completely new characters. And basically, Kiryu comes back up from the depths. Like you could do it. This is this has got to be on the Toho Plus, the <laughs> Godzilla What If. <laughs> no, but I think like this would be this would be the era to do something like that in in this kind of like. You know, pop culture. Yes, reflecting. That's era. what I'm saying. I, I, I that see, would actually be. That I see would some potential be, for that. I, that would actually be like I would not be opposed, and I know like you probably couldn't get away with all this, but I would not be opposed for like a series of maybe like three films that like are like what if sequels to different eras of like, you know, like like a sequel that takes place in the Showa era, a sequel that takes place in the Heisei era, right. and, and like one in the Millennium era. I think that would be interesting, or at least an interesting thought exercise of like what what movie would you want to do that with? 
Mm. Sounds like that a would... deep dive episode Ooh. or a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> um, a Bonzilla, right. Bonzilla Plus. Final final thoughts on uh, Godzilla very Tokyo enjoyable. SOS. Very, very enjoyable. Among my, among, uh, 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 my top watches. Yes. Um, again, this is among the movies I would, I, would watch, I would sit down and watch this again. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I think it pairs well with against, even though again against is much better. I this would be honestly, I would not be opposed like doing this as a double feature. Like if I were rewatching these movies, I watching, agree. Watching these back to back, I think would be a wholly entertaining time. And if you, if I like was sharing against with somebody, because I do think against is a good movie to share. Yeah, I would not be opposed to be like, hey, if you like that, you know, the movie's not as great, but it still has a lot to offer yeah i think it's like super still super watchable super solid who is super fun time yeah i i pretty much echo that uh and my biggest thing is like this was a much more favorable rewatch of this movie for me and i expect it to uh increase in um um position on the ranking list you, you know that's always nice when you when you have a favorable rewatch. yeah you know that's always a good time um and uh who's Harrison Ford in this movie? I think that you know the camera should have panned around and that he was like a lead scientist in <laughs> that post credit scene. Yeah. And he's like get that to the lab. Yeah. <laughs> get that Camelavis DNA to the lab. Or he's like the the other like the military guy in America they're going to train with with uh you know and then there's like a whole thing with like uh you know, our lead female from the last movie mm-hmm. and Akane, then, yeah. Akane and uh Oh no, she could be like she's going to the states for a training program. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So like he he's like the lead general. Yeah, he he kind of doesn't take like you build a giant robot. What what are you really made of? <laughs> and then they like you know they kind of spar. That's but good. They, they I like it. Have, like, I like, uh, it. like and then they eventually like become friends and stuff like that. <laughs> See now you're just you're just making me think of like the the Akane movie at this yeah. point. Um. So all right. So a little bit of things about the post release. Uh. This movie opened up in uh, December 14th, 2003, and the reason I mentioned that, because it was double-billed with the animated Hamtaro movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, remember Hamtaro? I do. <laughs> um, but overall, uh, if we're talking about reception, the movie did favorably well, and um, a lot of people do look fondly on this movie. Uh, there's uh, some reservations with a lot of people saying it's not quite as good um, as against, um, but there, there are some things, uh, just some quotes from reviews I'll say real quick. Uh, there are some problems with this movie, but when it's all said and done, I really enjoyed it. While this movie seems to be aimed at uh, a younger audience without a lot of plot or characterization, probably would say more so plot, maybe less on the characterization, definitely has a lot of plot. Um, let's see. The plot is very simplistic, and the character relationships are painted in broad strokes, but it has the best monster action Toho's produced in some time. I would agree with some of that. Um, and this, a lot of people say that some of the ideas aren't, um, aren't fully developed, but it does deliver on its fun action. Which is what I would say. It's yeah, like, I would, I would agree it's with like, most It of has that. the little, it doesn't have as much death. It has a little bit of death enough to kind of get you invested, but it's fun. It's so much fun. I, I would agree. I would agree with all that. Um, cool. Well, uh, that Nick, uh, that completes the Kiryu saga, or at least what the fans have dubbed as the Kiryu saga. And I mean, going for going I forward, one, I would have liked one more. I would have liked one more. But going forward, uh, Kiryu as a Mecha Godzilla has fondly found its place within the canon. I and mean, has really, always it's... shown up as when whenever there's multiple gods, Mecha Godzillas. It always seems to be accounts for the first one and at least Kiryu. Yeah. Like, I mean, and those are the really did too. Like, I would say, like, the original Mechagodzilla, just for its insane arsenal and mm-hmm. kind of 
the the nuts nature of the alien plot, like being control of that Mecha Godzilla, I think is the top Mecha Godzilla. But Kiryu really makes a case for the top spot of mm-hmm. of the Mecha Godzillas because it's just it it just has this very specific kind of way that it um that it presents itself and it and it's it's like it gives it, it gives it a, a deep backstory, a personal history, some interesting wrinkles. And in this movie especially, it still gives it that kind of arsenal that makes Mechagodzilla so fun. Well, you can talk more in depth about that, Nick, on our next Deep Dive episode. Because I've decided that given now that we've seen all the Mechagodzillas, we are finally taking a deep dive to dive even deeper into Mechagodzillas and Mechakaiju and all of our favorite Ooh, Mechas. Are within. we going to talk about Mechanicong? Um, we can, if you would like. I would like. <laughs> Let's do it. So you can look forward to that on the next deep dive episode. Oh, um, and I just thought that'd be a nice little treat to share right oh. now. But um, that's it for the fifth film in the millennium era. Um, and as you know, with that done, we are heading into the sixth and final film in the millennium era of Godzilla Final Wars. This I've seen. Yeah. It has been a long time since I've seen it. I'm looking forward to rewatching it again. I will be very Are you ready to get bonkers? I am ready for the return of our favorite little ugly baby. <laughs> I love how that's what you remember. That's you, the, yo, definitely I remember that part. Um but yes, that that is our next film and uh, in terms of um in terms of Godzilla, but, but next episode is not a Godzilla film, it is a uh, Bond film and, and uh, what are we looking forward to? I uh, we're looking forward to well, real if you really want to know what the next movie is, you're going to have to give me one million dollars. Oh, no. Well, actually, you already know what the next movie yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, gonna, it, it's a pretty groovy movie. It's a pretty groovy movie. Um, it, there's going to be a lot to discuss uh, with costumes and uh, the 60s and psychedelia and Bond parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the first Austin Powers movie, Austin Powers International Man of mystery looking forward to it well ladies and gentlemen that is it we're done i'm done you're done he's done we're all done hey and plug away hey <laughs> i just gave a weird face even yeah though you did like, it was it was very uh, strange yeah um you can uh listen to us at bonzo planet uh <laughs> you can do it <laughs> You can, you can do it. You can listen to us at soundcloud.com slash bonzilla 7 You're probably already doing that now. Or on iTunes, like and subscribe there. Give us an email at bonzillapod at gmail.com, facebook.com slash bonzilla 7 twitter.com slash bonzilla 7 All right. Well, guys, until next time. You know what? I think, you know, I think today we're going to play ourselves out with the score from this movie. These movies have pretty good scores. Yeah. They're pretty it, awesome. It connects with the first one. Yeah, it was kind of. I, I was like, oh, I was gonna put it on my thing, but I, we only have the CD for like the the two, the Showa and the Millennium Era or the Hazy Era. So, well, we play us out, uh, Kiryu. We salute you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>